Our scripture reading this morning is from Mark chapter 7, verse 24 through 30. Here's the word of the Lord. And from there, Jesus arose and went and went away to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And he entered a house and did not want anyone to know, yet he could not be hidden. But immediately a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell down at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile, a Syrophoenician by birth, and she begged him to cast the demon out of her daughter. And he said to her, let the children be fed first, for it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. But she answered him, yes, Lord, yet even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. And he said to her, for this statement, you may go your way. The demon has left your daughter. She went home and found the child lying in bed and the demon gone. May the Lord bless us in the reading of his holy word. As we continue our series on Jesus and his encounters with people in the Gospel of Mark, we see that these encounters have two purposes. One is simply Jesus is this individual encounter with that person. We see how Jesus knows their hearts and knows their needs, addresses their hearts and addresses their needs. People come looking to be healed and Jesus heals them. People come looking to be fed and Jesus feeds them. Jesus sees people who are possessed by demons and Jesus drives them out. And afterwards, he has a little discussion with each person, speaking to their very heart about the gospel message. We as God's people, we see a little bit of ourselves in each of these encounters. And we know that Jesus himself, just as he addresses each of those individuals, he addresses us as well through his word and through his spirit. Be confident, brothers and sisters, as you read God's word and as you pray to the Lord that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, will make clear to you truths about who Jesus is, truths about what your sins are, the truths about his forgiveness and his love for you. <coughs> the second thing that these encounters does is it is it helps us to understand the, the narrative of Jesus and his purpose here on earth. You see, Jesus is not only addressing individuals, but Jesus is addressing all of history. And in each one of these encounters, he's slowly making clear to the people of God of why he came and how it is that not only each individual, but how the world needs to respond to Jesus himself. 
in many ways, we are all part of this great narrative, this historical, redemptive narrative of what God is doing. And as each and every one of us grow in the Lord, we see that the history of God's kingdom continues to press forward here in this world. Now, in this passage, we see that Jesus continues his, his journeys around Israel and that he slowly makes his way outside of Israel. And we see at this time that they are in a region called Tyre and Sidon. Now, Tyre and Sidon, believe it or not, are not in Israel. They are clearly outside of where the nation of the Israels reside. They're not even in parts of Samaria. Remember, Samaria, the Samarians are half Jewish people. Samarians even had their own Pentateuch. They called the Samarian Pentateuch. They had their own temple. They were half Jewish people who sort of identified as people who had some of the promises of God. But Jesus here is now outside in Gentile territory. People who were enemies of God. People that the Jewish people would look down upon. And you might ask the question, what is Jesus doing in Tyre and Sidon? Now in the passages before, Jesus is teaching and saying to the people of people around him, it is not what comes into your mouth that makes you unclean. It's what comes out of your heart. In other words, the keeping of the laws or being a good moral person does not help you enter into the kingdom of God, but it's where your heart is. In other words, Jesus needs to change your heart as we saw in Ezekiel 36. He is the one who gives us a new heart in order that we may understand the Bible and understand who Jesus is and to have that relationship with Jesus and worship him. That all the things that are around the trappings of, of, of religion, that that itself does not lead to salvation. Now people are processing this. His disciples are processing this. The followers are processing this. And at the same time, Jesus is slowly going out of Jerusalem, slowly leaving that place to not only go and heal other people, but to show them that the words that he's teaching and the actions that he's doing will coincide, will meet together. And that the people of God, all of us, will start to see the purpose of Jesus and the salvation that he has to offer. So Jesus goes to this town. He's healing people. People are coming to him, and he, he hides in this house, but he, he can't because everyone knows that this Jesus of Nazareth is here. And we get the story of the Syrophoenician woman. The Bible is clear. She was a Gentile or Greek, a Syrophoenician by birth. Mark is trying to make it clear to you and I that this person is not of any 
Jewish heritage. Not only that, but this woman was a woman. And somehow she was able to get an audience with Jesus. And she begs Jesus, cast out the demon from my daughter. This is a beautiful, beautiful picture of someone in desperation, knowing that there is one man, one prophet, who can heal. And regardless of the shame that she may experience from people around her, you're going to Jesus? Isn't he Jewish? Don't they hate us? Don't they hate them? In her desperation, she goes to Jesus for the healing of her child. <laughs> if anything that we learned from here, we learned that any of us can go to Jesus and Jesus will hear you. Children, will you pray? They all look up with these big smiles. <laughs> Children, when you pray at night, do you know that Jesus hears you? You might think, I'm just a little kid. I don't know anything. Jesus will listen to mom and dad because they're grown-ups. Will Jesus listen to me? The answer is yes. When you pray to God, Jesus hears you. And that's why we pray to him all the time. And talk to him all the time. Read the Bible to know who he is all the time. Because we know that Jesus himself will never turn us away. And perhaps some of you who are lost, you're thinking, who am I? I have no status before God. I have no status before him. How can I, a sinner, Come to God. And God just says, Come. And you can probably sense later on, we'll see the Pharisees saying, How can someone like Jesus listen to someone like that? And Jesus is saying, I can listen to a Syrophoenician woman in Gentile or Greek territory and do my thing. Surely I can hear and heal and love everyone. And so for 
Rather you, brothers and sisters. Jesus hears you. You can go to him in your desperation and know that he's present in your life. Now this interaction is very unique. And every time I read this interaction, I, I, I'm trying to picture how this dialogue is actually going. Because it sounds pretty harsh, right? Jesus says to her, right? He's begging, Jesus, Jesus, heal my daughter, heal my daughter. And Jesus says this, let the children be fed first. For it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. That doesn't does that sound like Jesus to you? <laughs> is that a, a picture of, the, of, of this meek and lovely uh, 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 son of man who is out there to, to love people? Now, if he was talking to the Pharisees, we'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah. Those Pharisees, we'd, we'll put them down. But didn't we just say that Jesus deliberately went to Gentile territory to heal and to preach the gospel? Didn't we just say that Jesus himself was preparing the Israelites to know that salvation goes out to the world? Didn't we just say that Jesus deliberately <coughs> encountered this woman? And, and he, she begged him to heal her daughter, and this is the way he responds? It just makes you scratch your head. I mean, think about this, right? He says, first, let the children be, let the children be fed first, which means let the people of Israel encounter the blessings of God first. Jesus came first for the Jew, then to the Gentile. Jesus goes to the Jesus goes to the Israelites to share the fulfillment of the gospels. We see Paul do the same thing. When Paul goes out, he goes to the synagogues first. And after the synagogues, he goes to the Gentile territories. The promises of, of, of God had first been given to the Israelites, but had been fulfilled in Jesus first. Secondly, for it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Now Jesus didn't call her a dog immediately. But the term dog is a derogatory term <coughs> for the Gentile people. Even today, you call someone a dog. It's, it's not a nice thing. So here's Jesus himself. Doesn't call her directly a dog. But it's saying what the Jewish people are saying. These are dogs. Why do they get the promises of God? And so this statement jars you. Let the children be fed first, for it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. But you know how I hear this? Now again, I could be wrong. But either way, the, the ending is the same. But if I was a director, 
He made this into a play. And I thought it was giving Jesus direction, which I never even do in real life. But how to say this? I could imagine Jesus going to the woman. Let the children be fed first, for it's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. setting you up. Give me the right answer. You know the right answer. You know what you need to say. I'm saying this so that people around you can hear what the response should be. What are the Gentiles about me? I want you to respond well so that the Israelites around me can hear why I came. And this woman doesn't disappoint. She says, yes, Lord. Did even the dogs under the table eat the children's? What a perfect response to Jesus' state. She knows the promises of God. That what Israel received from Jesus is not just for them, but it goes to us as well, the Gentiles. And these things that we call crumbs is more than enough to feed all the nations. Later on in, in, this, in, in the Gospel of Mark, we see Jesus feeding uh, uh, 5,000 people, uh, 3,000 people in the Gentile territory. And we see that there are seven baskets left over telling us as the reader that Jesus can multiply not only for the Jewish nation, but for the Gentiles as well. And feed them fully unto the Lord. A response to all, to the Gentiles, to the Israelites, that Jesus has come as the bread of life to feed all. Jesus said to her, verse 29, for this reason you may go your way, the demon has left your daughter. And this woman, trusting God, simply went home and found the child lying in bed in the evening. You see, this passage is not only for us as individuals to say, oh my goodness, I need to know that Jesus will listen to me. Now the repartee might not be as cool as this. But Jesus will listen to me. But the second thing we have to understand is that we are part of a bigger story. You and your families, you and your spouse, this church together, we are part of a bigger story. 
But Jesus has come not simply to fill our bellies, right? But Jesus has come to save all the people that he has called to himself. And that it is our duty before the Lord to be his mouthpiece, to, to share the gospel with people around us. Knowing that the gospel of Christ that which we sometimes see as crumbs is actually a feast for all the nations to feed upon. Jesus himself is the answer to all things. And Jesus has shown us in his words, in his travels, in his actions, that surely he is not simply the king of Israel, but the king of all. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is one of those days that are enjoyable for some of you. And for some of you, it's just you'd rather be anywhere else other than that. Thanksgiving could be a time where you you see things have changed in your family. Maybe for the good, and you rejoice. Maybe there are challenges. Well, Thanksgiving is a time, brothers and sisters, to know that God Himself is the feast, is the bread that they all need. Whether your life is challenging, your family is challenging, whether things are going well with your family, believe me, that turkey, whether it's juicy or dry, will be gone. But you as a family feast on Christ together. Prayerful thanksgiving for all that he has done. And even for the challenges, though that he's present. <clears throat> then you will be free. So like this woman, you might not have demon possessed children ask for healing. Let's ask the Lord, Lord, be with my family, be with my parents, be with my children, heal them. And just like this woman, go. Go and expect Jesus to be present. May you feast upon him. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for all the good things that you have given to us. We once again confess as a people 
that we have forgotten how lavish your love truly is for us. You love all. You've shown us in the Gospel of Mark how measured your words are, how measured your actions are. That all of this, Lord, is to show us here today that you who began that good work in all of history will be faithful to complete that history. <clears throat> and in the same manner, you who began a good work in us, our families, our friends, this church, that we complete Fathers, many of us go back for Thanksgiving Pray for those, thank, thank, thank you, thanks now. Thanks for those, Lord, whose families are going well, Lord God. Pray to be thankful to you, to give you praise and honor. For those of us, Lord, where families are challenged at the moment, Lord God. Help us, Lord, to come to you in prayer and to plead, Lord, for your presence your peace, your healing, your love. Lord, we do not want this peace of this world. We do not want, Lord, <coughs> to have a truce in this world. But we want, Lord, to know you and to be known by you. What that yay? So, Lord, we thank you for our families. We thank you for your infinite love. Christ's name, right? Amen. Amen.